Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other and our city. Catch up on this week's message okay. and more. Um, I've called this, this message, Pray First. Um, and somebody once said, a good sermon has three points. They're all spot, supposed to start with the same letter. Well, I think that's a load of tosh. But I have actually got three points. So, um, anyone who knows me knows that I will always start with Scripture. So, I'm going to read from 1 Timothy chapter 2. Have we got slides, Dan? Great. So then, this is my very first command. God's people should make petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings on behalf of all people, on behalf of kings and all who hold high office, so that we might lead a tranquil and peaceful life in all godliness and holiness. This is good. It is acceptable with God our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to know the truth. For you see, there is one God... And also, one mediator between God and humans, King Jesus, himself a human being. He gave himself as a ransom for all, and this was testified when the time was right. I want to give you a little bit of context for that passage There are three books in the New Testament called the Pastoral Epistles, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. They have a little bit of a reputation as being short on theology. You know, it's practical advice to the churches. So Timothy was leading the church in Ephesus. Titus was leading the church in Crete. They are young guys, young leaders. And these were written at the end of Paul's life. But you know, they are not short on theology. If you spend a bit of time in them, then you will find there's a real lot there. So, three points. Two of them are in the title, Pray First, okay? I'll leave you to guess the third. So, pray. I feel a little bit of a fraud today, because if you came to my household, the person who's faithful in prayer isn't me. It's Del. She sat over there. She's a real intercessor. Sadly, I'm not. But I'm getting there. So. Dan, can we have the next slide? In this passage... Paul gives to Timothy some basic instructions. He talks about prayers, petitions, intercessions, thanksgiving. And what I want to do... Oh, okay, clever. Um, What I want to do is just to add a bit of flesh to that. And this is something that I learnt well over 40 years ago. It's what's known as an acronym. Each letter stands for something else. Um, But it's a really helpful way of looking at what prayer is. Okay, so in the church in this church are we but I know I sat in sat on myself so this is amazing this is who you are 
Get in touch with some Psalms, guys. Get in touch with some of the Psalms. They will point you to the glory, the majesty, the immenseness of God. So many songs, but Kim was, well, you need to pray. You need to pray. So the first component of prayer, adoration. The second one from every kind of wrong. Every kind of wrong. Do you know what every means? It means every. There's nothing left out. And confession can sometimes every kind of wrong. But you know we have to own it. We have to get before him and say, look God, I'm really sorry. And as I've been journeying on this the last few weeks and started doing it a bit more intently, I just find that I'm seeing more things in me, but I'm feeling freer as well in that barking. But it's true. It's true. And the, more, the closer you get to God, the more you will see what you need to confess, but the freer and freer and freer you will get. So don't be afraid of confession. It's not about guilt. It's about cleansing. It's about freedom. Okay, T is for Thanksgiving. Um, about six months ago, I stood in that room and read a scripture. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. It says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You know, we've sung songs this morning that talk about God freeing us up, about God doing miracles, about all sorts of stuff. It's rude not to say thanks, isn't it? It's really rude. But thanksgiving is a good thing to generate in your heart because it brings joy, it brings hope. But I love the end of this verse, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now, when we think of the will of God, don't we tend to think about where am I going to live? Will I get a wife or a husband? The big issues of life. But actually, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For that is the will of God for you. Okay? If you do those things, I just have this sneaky feeling that the, the big issues, you'll just have... You'll just have less trouble with those big issues because you will know more clearly what God wants you to do. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. And then S, it's a really old-fashioned word, is supplication. Can we have the next slide down, please? Actually, that is not the next slide. Is that the last? That's nothing like the next slide. Um, well, never mind. Never mind. Um, supplication means asking God for stuff. That's all it means. It means asking God for stuff. But don't you love the order? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, 
supplication. Asking God for stuff. Doesn't come first, comes last. And if we spend our time adoring him, confessing and thanking him, and then lead into that, that is a balanced, a balanced prayer life. And my prayer life has not been very balanced for a long time, for a long time. And I suspect some of you will be in the same boat as me. So, a couple of scriptures. Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8. When you pray, don't pile up a jumbled heap of words. That's what the Gentiles do. They reckon that the more they say, the more likely they are to be heard. So don't be like them. You see, your father knows what you need before you ask him. He knows what we need. But he still wants us to ask. There's a tension there, isn't there? Let me add to that tension. James 5 verse 16 The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Okay? So God knows what we need. But the prayer of a righteous person, that's somebody who's just okay with God, is powerful and effective. The two things stand. They may look conflicting, but they stand together. He knows what we need but he wants us to ask because there's power in prayer. It's about our hearts. It's really about our hearts. And for me, I'm relearning the ACTS. I'm relearning that 40 years later. But that's okay, because I'm relearning it. And we're going to go down that. I'm going to pursue God in all of those areas, because that will give me a healthy life. That will give me a good place with the Father. There was a guy who was called Praying Hyde, sort of the end of the 19th century. And um, he was a missionary in, missionary in India, um, Sometimes you would pray for 36 hours. 36 hours. 36 minutes is a challenge. You know, 36 hours. And um, he decided to ask God that one person would get saved every day. And after a while, he decided to ask God that it would be two people who got saved every day. And after a while, it went to three. And after another while, it went to four because that's what they saw, four people getting saved every day in a culture that was very frosty towards the gospel. Why? Praying hide. When he was in the States, he would decide to go to a city. He would book a hotel room, a couple of weeks maybe, and he would spend all his time praying. He'd stay in the room and he'd pray. And outside, people are getting saved. Stuff's going on. It was the foundation of what happened in those cities. So having given you four things, I actually want to add a fifth. And that is listen. Prayer is a two-way conversation. 
you know? The prophetic guys. Where do they get their, their words of prophecy from? Well, because they're listening. They're listening. Sometimes we need to stop talking and listen. Because God wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to us. I'm doing for time. Okay. Okay, my second point is first. So it was pray first. It's pretty simple, this. But you know, when, when Paul says this to Timothy, he just hasn't got a list of six things, and it's just numbers one, two, three, four, five, and six. First means top priority. So the context of this book is in chapter one, he says, look, there's all this stuff going on. There's lots of false teaching going on. This is my final, well, it didn't turn out to be his final, but this is what I need to send to you. I'm hoping to come, but I'm writing to you in case I can't. And I'm going to give you the message. And then we get to chapter two, and the first thing he says is pray. It's the first thing that he's asking the church to do. The first thing. Not the second, not the third not the fourth, the very, very first thing. About 15 years ago, it's got to be about that, um, I, I went on a mission trip, and when I came back, God had really spoken to me. And um, I had a word with the church leaders that morning. You know, they said, it was Martin and Linda. So they said, oh, how was it? So I was telling them what God had been saying to me, and they said, you're speaking next week. And um, somewhere at home, I've got a tape of it. Somebody decided to give me the tape, cassette tapes. I mean, it's a long time ago. Um, and they've called it walking through the pain. But actually, they should have called it praying through the pain. Because what, what God challenged me with was, will you pray through the pain? When the going gets tough... When you're not seeing answers to prayer, when you're finding it dry, will you carry on? And I said, yes, yes. But I stand here today and say, I've not been faithful to that yes. I have not been faithful to that yes. And I sort of see me as a little bit like a description of the whole or a lot of the church we know it's important to pray, but lots of us, we don't pray much. Well, that's changing for me. And it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of work. You know, I said yes to God, but I haven't done it. It's time to get back there. Will we pray through the pain? In Matthew 21, there's a story of Jesus uh, throwing out the money changers in the temple. And one thing he says to them is this. He said, my house will be a house of prayer. Now, isn't that interesting? My house will be a house of prayer. Not a house of miracles or prophecy or caring for the poor. 
Those things are all amazing. We need them all. But Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. He saw that it was first. He saw that it was first. In the same way, Paul says the same to Timothy. There's a priority that we need to address, some of us. There's a priority as a church that we need to address. Where does prayer come on our agenda? Is it first? Is it last? Is it out of the side? You know, where is it? And then my third point for all, um, if the slides were working, which is fine that they're not, I'd be giving you an apology at the moment because having read a version at the start that says for all people, the slide actually says for all men. And I can't blame anyone but me because I actually wrote the slides. So it's for all people. So when Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer, he was quoting Isaiah 56. And what it says there is my house will be a house of prayer for all nations, for all nations, not just for the Jews, for all nations. So what does all people mean? Does it mean drug dealers? Does it mean pimps? Does it mean people we don't like? Does it mean people who've offended us? Does it mean the boss who has been horrible to you? All people. All people. Wow. That's strong, isn't it? You know, one of the glories of the gospel is it isn't just for us. We need to change our rules. It's for all people. I'm going to skip a slide. I was going to read you Matthew 6. Not Matthew 6. I was going to read you Matthew 5 about being the salt of the earth. And really what that's about is we're there to flavor the world and to preserve the world. We're there. And Paul's there saying, pray for kings. Pray for those in, in positions of authority. The church I know the most about is probably the Chinese church. A church that is persecuted and that has grown unbelievably. Will they pray for Xi Jinping? I think I got that right. I think they probably do. I think they probably do. Do I pray for Boris? Vladimir Putin for the leader of the Manchester Council for Donald Trump maybe he's not in a position of authority at the moment but hey, whatever it's a challenge isn't there see we don't have to agree with them we need to agree with God and what he says to us is pray for them now 
I don't think that prayer is just bring them down where we don't agree with them. I think it's that God will change their hearts. That God will draw close to them and they will start to draw close to God. That what they want to see, wherever they lead, will be more godly. Because what does the scripture say? It says that we will live a more tranquil life. Have they seen that in China, the church? No, not really. They've got that tension. There's another tension. But hey, they pray for the leaders. And when we read slightly further on in this chapter, it leads to that God wants to see all men be saved. Now, the problem here is some won't, and we need to be clear on that. There will some who will not be saved, but more will be saved if we pray for our leaders. Wow. Wow. Okay. We're nearly there. I've got a quote from John Stott, and he says this. I sometimes wonder whether the comparatively slow progress towards peace and justice in the world and towards world evangelization is due more than anything else to the prayerlessness of the people of God. When President Marcos was toppled in 1986, Filipino Christians attributed his downfall not to people power, but to prayer power. What might not happen if God's people throughout the world learned to wait upon him in believing, persevering, prayer there's a story in Acts 12 of when Peter is in prison and the church start to pray really fervently and then all of a sudden there's an angel in the cell with Peter and the angel basically walks Peter out past the guards they don't see him until he's so far away that is free, and then the angel disappears. That happened through fervent prayer. There's another story in Acts 4 where the disciples are under persecution. So they go and pray, and the room shook. You know, it works. It actually works. Prayer's not a duty. It's a relationship. And God's inviting us on, on an adventure with him to change things, to see things change, to see things move. I've got a book here called And God Changed His Mind. It's written by Brother Andrew. I've not read this book for years. I remember getting it and reading it, but I've deliberately not read it. Uh, so I don't just preach out of this. But he says this, or it says this on the cover. Basing his argument on biblical precedents, Brother Andrew declares confidently that God's character, nature, and purposes are changeless, but his plans are flexible. You know, Peter was stuck in prison, and he prayed, and out he came. The two things were linked. And we can change things. 
we can change things, you know. We can change our nation. We can change our city. We can change our church. You know, I think the last song we sung was talking about healings and other stuff. Well, there's a, there's a direct link between prayer and the end. You know, it's not a one-off. It's great when it is a one-off, because sometimes God honors that. You know, the first time you pray, something happens. But lots of the time, it's consistent prayer. One guy said this, the wider the subjects for prayer, the larger becomes the vision of the soul that prays. Or in other words, if you want a bigger vision, start praying more. Do I want a bigger vision? Well, I do. Do you? I don't know. So, to finish, we pray first. Not the last resort, but the first strike capability. Not our last resort, but it's where we go first. And we pray for all men, for all men. Okay, we're going to pray. Can I just ask you if you're able to stand? And I'm not going to do an appeal. I'm not going to ask for hands raised. I'm not going to ask people to come out to the front. But what I am going to ask is that if you in your heart want to do business with Jesus in prayer, then you make that commitment to him today. And so, Father, I just pray that for those of us, and definitely me, just take us on a journey in praying. Help us to grow in it. Help us to be um, fervent in it. Help us to do it with one another. Help us as a church to get prayer in the right perspective. And we ask God that you will be honoured and glorified in our midst. And that as a result of us doing business with you, we will see the fruits of that tangibly. We will see people saved. We will see Manchester start to change. We will see people getting healed. We will see goodness start to break out. So, Father, we just thank you that you love us, that you are our Father, and that you love to talk to us and to hear from us. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. A little while ago, we did, we did a couple of weeks, was it John, praying, which we called, ironically, Pray First. And we had some of these made. I've worn mine most of the time since then, although recently I stopped. But the last few weeks, it, last couple of weeks, it's gone back on. 
because it reminds me and it says, I'm committing to this. So we have a shed load of these on the, at the info point. Fellow trustees, I've spent no money. <laughs> if you want one of these, then go and grab one. And anyone who's watching, listening, who's not here today, will make sure they're here again next week so that you can get one if you want one. But join me on the journey, guys. Bless you. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless, and see you soon.